Welcome to part two of my interview with YouTube superstar and food personality, Laura Vitale. You've probably seen her on her show, Laura in the Kitchen, if you're on YouTube at all, with over three and a half million subscribers and almost 1,500 videos at the time of this recording. She's cooked it all and shown it all. And what I love about her is she really digs in with every ounce of her being. Now, if you didn't listen to part one, I would encourage you to start there and then dig in to this amazing podcast. This is one of my favorite interviews that I've done to date on the show. And what you will find from Laura is in addition to the amazing success that she's had with her YouTube show, her blockbuster book, and more projects to come, she is as humble and deserving of success as anybody because she's got her priorities in order, which I love. She's a true inspiration with a lot of food for thought. So let's dig in. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Life is hard and me, myself included, uh, we can all find something negative if you really look for it, okay? Yeah. So why, why bother? You know what I mean? I always try to, a girlfriend of mine just... Um, my be- one of my best friends, she just finished a radiation and chemo. She had the roughest year of her life and she's very young, you know? And so it was such a slap in the face of, oh my gosh, this, this, this is the brutal reality of life, yeah. you know? And after the year she's had, I've made it my mission to really take her with me. Every time I can take her with me to an event, to uh, the set of a TV show, to an amazing office with some amazing clients and brands. I take her with me because I want to share that goodness with, with everyone that I can, Mm. you know, and she is so deserving of having such, you know, a good time to have some fun and to explore some new things she's never explored before. And if I could do that for everybody, I would, because that's the person that I am. I am, I would share my my life and everything with everyone if I could, because I just want everyone to see the good and the positive in the world. And, and, and I don't know, I just really focus on that. You know, I, 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 I tell you, and I know this to be true just from knowing you over the years. And I know that we don't get to see each other on a regular basis, but I do feel like I'm a part of your life, especially when I get to see you cook with your nonna and your yes. daughter and it's like it's it's so real and it's so authentic and do you do you think that your italian roots have just made you a different person i mean i think in a world where people are always like out for themselves and you know the the measure of success is wealth and the measure of you know being famous is how many youtube 
followers you have. At the end of the day, your family is your anchor. Do you think you got that from your your roots? I mean, 100%. 100%. And I tell you what, and this is the God's honest truth, okay? Everyone has a price to pay for something, okay? Yeah. My, I feel like I'm so blessed with an incredible career, a beautiful home, a wonderful marriage, and a healthy baby girl. I mean, really, it's, it's amazing. The price I pay is for the fact that my family is so far away from me. Mm. I would give up the career and the big, beautiful home to have my family close to me at the drop of a hat. I would. If you had to tell me this, if you can have, if you have your family close to you and you'd have to give up your career and your home and whatever, I would do it. And it's, I wouldn't even, there would be no question. That's your family in Italy? Yes. There would be no question. If I could have my mother, my grandma, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my brother, if I could have them around the corner, just like I had them when I was growing up, mm. I would do it with, without even thinking about it for a second. I would say, absolutely, take it away. Give me them. I'm happy. I'll be happy for the rest of my life. So um, is, is there a, a Laura Vitale in, in Italy somewhere um, in I don't know. I, you know, it's hard because I've, I've made a life for myself here. People always say to me, why don't you just go back? It really isn't that easy. You know what I mean? It's, it really isn't easy at all. Um, we just, we do our best to balance both lives in a way, you know, we try our best to be there every year. We have family come here once a year. Um, and we do the best that we can, but I grew up in a way that is so uh, it was so simple and it was so honest and it was so wonderful that nothing compares to it. Mm. Nothing. I grew up mainly with my paternal grandparents. My nonna raised me from the time I was born because my parents were young. My mom was 18 and it weren't really stable enough to have a family on their own. So my mother lived with my grandparents for a long time. And that's the house I grew up in, mm. you know, the little tiny jardino, the little tiny uh, yard that she's got in the back. That's where all we grew all of our vegetables and we had chickens running around. And that to me is, I mean, there's no better childhood than that, you know, and I try to give that to my daughter as best I can. And it's hard being away from them, but that childhood and that life those values were in, you know, family values and the importance of them were instilled in me since I could probably even talk. Yeah. Well, it's apparent. I mean, in everything that you do, it's, it's real and authentic. And I see that showing up time and time again. And you've translated that to your very popular book, Laura in the Kitchen, which I have right in front of me and it's gorgeous and spectacular. And I, can't wait to dive in now that it's starting to actually cool down a little bit in Southern California. <laughs> I had actually turned the oven on, but I mean, these are comfort food recipes that I can just imagine you, you know, probably were very inspired as there's a lot of Italian influence. Who, was there someone that had the biggest influence on you in terms of your cooking style? Uh, definitely my nonna, a hundred percent. I remember being in her kitchen and cooking from the time I could probably stand on a, on a wooden stool that my grandfather made for me. Um, because, you know, I think she's just been an influence in my life in general because she is someone who has been through it all. She had a very rough childhood. Um, when my, so my, my dad's one of six 
And he, when they were little, I mean, it was a time where my grandfather was working and also building their home. So for, they lived in like a construction zone for a very, very long time. My grandmother had to go get water from the well up the mountain every day with six kids in tow Wow! um, because there was no running water, you know? So she's somebody that's been through it all. She's been through cancer multiple times. She's had diabetes from the time she was 30 years old. I mean, it's just, she's been through it all and she's still sassy and feisty and she loves her family hard. And she's been a huge influence on my life because she's always really looked for the good in Mm. everything. Mm. You know, she had a strong marriage. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away um, almost 20 years ago. I think it's actually been 20 years. Uh, Yeah, it has. It has. It's been 20 years in May. My grandfather passed away very, very suddenly from pancreatic cancer. And so she's been on her own ever since. And she fills that void with her grandchildren and her kids and the neighbor's kids and the lady up the street and her grandkids, you know, whoever can, whoever can stop by with the little kids, um, makes her happy. And, you know, it's, I've always done the best I could every year to go there and just film some special content with her so that I can have it and I can share it. But now that she's gotten older, she's losing eyesight in one of her eyes and she's losing um, hearing in one of her ears. So it's gotten a little bit more difficult to be able to get her to stand still and do a video with me, which is why we haven't in the past couple of years, but we just tried to like take footage of her as much as we can, because I love to watch her just be in her element. You know what I mean? I, I I'm love- going to share a couple of the videos in the show notes for people to watch because the dynamic with her and you is, is so heartfelt. I mean, you can just see the love that you have for each other, literally gushing from your bodies. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the same with your daughter. I just enjoyed so much watching you make cookies with her and how like she was very into it. I mean, she's, she's like your apprentice. She is so into it. Of all the toys that she's got, her favorite place to be is in the kitchen, on a stool or on a chair, and just involved in whatever I'm doing. And I really, for the most part, really try to involve her in everything because, I mean, why not? You know? Right. Yeah. Why not? Of Who cares? You're teaching her um, a life skill. The only rule that we have at the moment is that we don't mix water with any dry goods because it turns into mud and it's very (laughs) difficult to clean. (laughs) Um, But aside from that, I mean, I just gave her, um, I bought a cheap pack of, of, uh, what what are they called? Oh, oats and some flour. And she just, I keep reusing them over and over again. She doesn't even get it, but it's fine. It's better for me that way. And it's easy. You know what I mean? Uh, when, I, when, my kid, when my kids were little, their favorite place to be was in the kitchen with me. And my son would leave all of his toys. And if I gave him a bowl and a wooden spoon, he would just go at it. Like yep. it, it was music. Sometimes I'd have to take that away. But they, oh, really, I hear you. they do emulate and they do watch you and they do see you. I mean, what would be your hope for her just growing up with you, Laura in the kitchen, you know, YouTube star, successful entrepreneur, you watching you and Joe do this together, what would be your hope for her? I just hope that as she grows, she really does things with passion like I do. Like I don't really throw myself into any project that I feel like wouldn't wouldn't be so that I feel like it would be like a one and done. Oh, this is easy. Goodbye. Like when I throw myself into a, a project, I throw myself into it. And I do that for every, I do that in every aspect of my life. And I hope that as she grows, she remembers these moments of 
me having patience with her in the kitchen and how I've always found it really important to sit at the dinner table without any electronics to really enjoy each other's company from the time she could eat salads that we've, we've done that, you know, mm. because that together time at the end of a long day is my reward. And I always want her to remember the time that I took to teach her things and to, to play with her on the carpet, as she puts it, she wants me to be sitting next to her as she plays pretty much all the time. If she's in, on the, on the carpet, as she puts it, mm. um, I just hope that she remembers these times like I do. I, I think of these times so innocent and I want to soak them up and I, I never want to forget her looking up at me and smiling because she got something right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I want her to remember these moments and really, really understand that I soaked up every minute of it. And I hope that she does the same as she grows. She soaks up time with her family and her friends. You know, we have so many friends that we feel like our family. And I want her to feel that way. I want her to love hard and really cherish her time with her, the ones that she loves the most and whatever she does something, just do it with passion. I don't really care if it's tying a ribbon, just do it with passion. And, and you, you have really been such a wonderful role model for so many, including your daughter in this, in this respect and so much more. So You've got a lot bubbling up. You're always on the go. Like what's next? <laughs> I mean, you you've you've got all of these amazing successes. Does it does it get like hard to outdo your prior success? I mean, I can only imagine the pressure there to just keep building. So I actually don't be I don't find it hard because I don't look at me having to um upstage myself because that would be a tremendous amount of pressure that I, nobody needs. <laughs> Most certainly not me. Yeah. Um, and I don't take on a lot of projects at once because then if you do, you can't fully commit to each one without feeling the pressure of the one behind it mm -hmm. or the one in front of it, if you will. So, um, at the moment, I'm really having a lot of fun uh, co-starting on, on different shows and, and hosting different shows and things like that. I'm having a lot of fun with that because it, it's a fun time for me, but it's without pressure. You know, what I don't have some, to what carry. Are, what are some of those shows that you're working on? Uh, currently working on new episodes of Beat Bobby Flay, Today's Show, um, some fun stuff with Google that's coming up. Uh, I'm also going to be starting, not starting, but well, sort of, in some classes with Google um, as sort of a uh, professional in this whole thing. I get to give advice to people on how they can do it too. So how that's fun so is that? Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get to do that. And then I have a couple of really exciting projects in the works for Laura in the Kitchen for the holiday season. Some really, you know, awesome brands partnerships for the holiday season and really working hard on the proposal for the next book. I That's was going to really say, can you talk a little bit about the next book? Yeah. So the next book, I mean, I'm really, I love the concept. It's so much work. <laughs> I think I've maybe bitten off a little more than I can chew uh, with my concept, but I, I feel really good about it. And um, so in the first book, when I did Lara in the Kitchen, it was really an introduction to the book world. And um, what I did was I wanted to give people a good array of easy recipes that they can do. And one, one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we, we included was two categories for entrees because I've had many, many girlfriends call me on a Tuesday afternoon saying, hey, I'm going to go to ShopRite, which is our local grocery store, mm. and I'm going to get all the ingredients to make lasagna. 
and this is at five o'clock in the evening. And I'm thinking, are you crazy? <laughs> are you crazy? That's a project to embark on. That's a, that's a weekend project, honey. That is not a Tuesday afternoon project. So what I did was I, I divided the recipes between weeknight meals and we, you know, weeknight entrees and weekend entrees. And people loved the concept, that, that, that concept. People loved those categories. And um, so when I was thinking about the next book, I thought, you know what I really want to do? I really want to do a book full of meals from Monday through Sunday because, you know, how I cook does change throughout the week, you know? So Monday through Thursday, I really try to make it quick and easy most of the time, like a one pot wonder thing or less than 30 minutes because let's face it, I don't have very much time. Yeah. Um, and also I really, I feel like I have a really good balance with how I eat because I get a ton of questions from people that ask me every day, how do you not gain a hundred pounds every time you eat something or you cook something because people really believe that I may make brownies every night and just binge on them every night. I'm not really sure. Um, well, so don't you, Laura? Come on. Oh, wow. I wish, but I really don't. I actually feel like I have a really good balance with how I eat. Um, Monday through Thursday, I try to keep it lean and mean and flavorful and delicious. And I try to really, and we always just keep our treats for the weekends because that's how I grew up. Right. You know, I grew up with, there was no tasty cake in the cupboard. There was no pre-made anything. You want a cake? Well, Nana would make it on Sunday morning. Make it on Sunday. Exactly. Yeah. You want a donut, a croissant, you go to the local bar in the morning on a weekend and you go get them. It's, it's a treat. It's not, it's not a necessity. It's not like something that you have every day. So I thought that that would be a really great way to not only fill a book with wonderful meals that you can make from Monday to Sunday, but also sort of share with you how I eat and the balance that I have found in my life. Because a life without baked goods and all things Italian is just, it would be very boring and, and lonely. But in order to enjoy those things and not feel an ounce of guilt, I do really well during the week. I love this philosophy so much. And I, I, I wrote about that in my book too, you know, having this balance. Like I think people assume that, you know, you're sort of a, a martyr in a way when it comes sure. to choices. And then when they see you eating a dessert, they're like aghast. But I know it's really part of being a well-rounded, healthy person. It is. And you know, when I say to people, I eat really well during the week, people also think, well, you must not eat any carbs then because there's such a negative connotation to like the idea of eating carbs at all. I love my carbs. You know, I had a sweet potato for breakfast this morning. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I had a sweet potato for breakfast this morning. And you know, but I just try to make much better choices during the week so that I know that when comes the weekend, I'll get to enjoy all the things that I love without any guilt. And I also don't overdo it. I don't like to eat past a certain time. I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting mm. um, just because it feels good to me. Yes. You know what I mean? And you have yeah. to find a balance that fits good, feels good to you, but this feels good to me. So I want to put all of this in a book because I think it would be so easy for someone to open up a book and say, what should I make this week? And have something laid out for you that you know is going to make you feel good. It's going to make life easy. We're going to do a little bit of meal prep on Sundays to have a leg up during the week and also have a little bit of fun on the weekends. You know, like for me, every Sunday has got to be Italian pasta night. That's just what we do. Yeah. That Sunday is an Italian dinner every Sunday. Saturday is usually a really fun, relaxed meal with friends, whether it be a burger night or we did tapas a couple of weeks ago, which was fabulous. Um, 
but I just try to have some fun. And all the recipes are going to be easy to shop for and easy to make, of course, but all so delicious. So that's sort of the idea. The idea is to write a book full of delicious meals you can feel good about eating, making, and shopping for. I love that. And I I think sharing with people how to eat in balance is really important Mm -hmm. in in Mm -hmm. a world that, you know, you kind of have to wear your badge of honor by how you eat. I mean, that doesn't really tell me anything. I I want to know what you eat, not what you don't eat, you know? Right. Someone once said to me, and it stuck by me, it stood by me, stood by me, excuse me, for years. They said, you know, how you eat most of the time is what tells the story. Now how you eat all of the time. Mm-hmm. And that really stood with me. And I thought, that's really genius. That's really genius. Yeah, it's kind I, of like one, one good meal won't make you fat or one bad meal. Yes. Okay, won't make said, you fat. One, one good workout won't make you fit. You know, My favorite is when I read uh, one burger will make you fat, just like a one salad will make you skinny. Exactly. That's my favorite. That's mm. my favorite. And you also think too, I also think too, there's such a, and this is where the Italians do this very well. The Italians, when they'll make a cake, they'll have a cake, they'll have a slice, and then they pass the rest around, or they sit, they bring it to the neighbors, and that's it. You don't feel the need to have a second slice, and then put the rest in the cupboard, and then at midnight you go back to have another one. You know what I mean? It's sort <laughs> right. of like, but that's that's the approach that I take because when I eat that brownie. I'm talking about brownies so much because I made pecan pie brownies last week that I can't stop thinking about. Oh my gosh, um, that sounds but so I, good. I had that brownie. I loved every single second of eating that brownie and it was rich and delicious and it had all the things I loved, but then the rest of it went to my neighbor and I'm done. I, I want to be your neighbor. How <laughs> <laughs> does sign I, up to become your neighbor? I don't know. I think... Um, I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I'm a big believer in sharing is caring, you know, and when you can yeah. hear something that's so delicious, Oprah actually said this, you know, when she has something so good, there's nothing more enjoyable for her than to share it with somebody she loves because you just enjoy it exponentially. So, you I do. mean, is it, at, at your table, okay, I'm going to ask you some esoteric questions. If you could invite three guests, living or deceased, to your table to enjoy dinner, who, who would they be? It would be my grandma, it would be Jamie Oliver, and it would be Nigella Lawson. Oh, wow. So Hands down. new foodies in addition to your mom, your nonna foodie. Yes, yes, because I would make my nonna cook and that, that they can eat the food. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I, I really enjoy... Nigella's perspective of food because again she's not trained and she just you know loves to eat and she loves to cook and she does it really apologize you know without apology yes and uh I love Jamie Oliver's I love Jamie Oliver in general and then when we met in person and he was so sweet I was like well forget this I mean he might as well just run for president because I'm I'm buying whatever he sells, you know, Uh, just because he is, he's pretty authentic guy too. He is, he's very authentic and he just has such a distaste for anything that's prim and proper and teeny, teeny, tiny. And, you know, I love that. I love that. And I've always felt very, very comfortable uh, watching his food programs and just being in his presence in general and talking about food. There are two people uh, along with many others that I've met in this, in this field that have never looked down on me for not being trained, even though he was, 
Mm. And that's a hard thing to come by. I think it's more, it's becoming more and more common though. You know, I think that, you know, training is one thing, but implementation is another thing and having a style that people can respect and understand. And, you know, I've met some of the, the best chefs, but you wouldn't put them in front of an audience to teach them. That's just not what they do. So I think along this road, you know, you find people like yourself that just excel it doesn't matter if you have that formality. You just, you know what to do and how to mm-hmm. do it. Have you ever yeah. had like a major fangirl moment? Like when you, I mean, you've met a lot of people now and you're at the top of your game, but like, have you ever met somebody where you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm standing in front of you and talking to you. Yeah, it was when I met Nigel Lawson for the first time because I was at the Food and Wine Festival in, in Miami and we were, I was walking into into a party, a tent. I really don't know. And I had my head down. And as I'm walking, I put my head up and I literally bumped into her. Like li- <laughs> literally, like my face into her body. Mm-hmm. And I looked up and I went, oh my God, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. Goodbye. Like I it was so, <laughs> oh my God. I was so like out of it and confused. And I was like so embarrassed. And she was, of course, nice as can be and so beautiful so beautiful. I mean, it was really insane. And, and actually, Anthony Bourdain was there as well because they, oh, wow. they were doing a promo for a show. And he was so cool. Oh, I, my. I wish I could have met him. I, I just looked up to him my so hand. much. Yeah, I, I introduced myself and he looked at me and he said um, something along the lines of, um, so nice to meet you. And he just grabbed my hand with such grip. And he was so cool with his like, you know, chain on his jean, you know, like he's just Tony he's swagger. Like, he has such swag. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the epitome of rock star, you know? Um, so that, that was really a, a cool time, but I've never really been, I mean, I never really been starstruck like I was when I met Nigella, because again, I literally bumped into her. So it was sort of like, she was there and I've loved her for years. And then my face was in her body. So that was kind of like awkward. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. Um, have, so have you had a moment where somebody has really fangirled or boyed over you? And what did that feel like? Um, so I had those moments often and it's always so surreal. Mm. And it's so much fun. It really is. It's so much fun. The two times I can't really remember that were hilarious um, was the one time I was walking to Italy in New York City and there was a, a lady coming out of a bank and she bumped into me and oh. she was screaming because she had seen me through the window. Oh my And gosh. she was screaming. So that was really funny. And then another time <laughs> was actually, on the street, like what's what's going on? Has somebody been shot? <laughs> I don't know. She was, and I didn't even know what they were talking about. She was just screaming. That's and so that was funny. And then another time we were running around in the, in the airport, I think it was in Frankfurt, Frankfurt airport. And you know, you know what you look like when you're running. I mean, I know what I look like running through the airport with a oh, one year old, try to catch a plane, like no makeup, sweats, you know, and I, there's these people following and they're yelling my name. And I thought, because we had just gone through security, I thought I maybe left something or maybe it was security. I wasn't sure. But it was a group of, of people that were following me and they were yelling my name because they had seen me at the security checkpoint and they couldn't get to me fast enough. Wow. So um, before we boarded the plane, we just took pictures and signed a bunch of stuff and I looked like death. 
Um, I highly doubt so, that. But that's oh kind of cool. I mean, you're in you're in Germany. You're like I know too. Yeah, and it's another interesting part was when I went to Canada. I went to Canada to Toronto a couple times and to Montreal, and I had no idea how many followers I have from either place. And every time I walked 10 feet, there'd be another one. And it was the coolest experience because I had no clue. I had no clue. Wow. And so every time we went somewhere, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a big fan and you need to go here to eat because it's so great. So we would go there to eat because it was so great. And then we would meet somebody else there and then we'd tell us the same thing. So we would go somewhere else. And it was, it was, we, um, we ate our way through Toronto based on people's recommendations for each place we went to, which was fun. I love that. I love it. Well, and people who love food always have good recommendations. So yes. that's a great way to go. So what, what does life look like for Laura 10 years from now? You know, only time will tell. I'm hoping, uh, you know, maybe a couple more cookbooks, um, perhaps maybe expanding our family, God willing. Um, I don't I really don't look too deep into the future because I feel like it won't, I, I won't be present if I do that. I'll focus so much on what I can do to get there that I'll miss the boat and where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can think of is maybe some product lines, uh, more books and maybe more babies. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, um, I, I could talk to you forever, but we're kind of at the end of our time and I have two more questions to ask. Sure. You. One is it. if there, if there is something that you could pass on a piece of advice to your younger self or your more, let, let's just say your more inexperienced self getting uh, into the industry, what would it, what would it be? Don't be so worried about what other people think about you because none of it matters. None of it matters. Um, stay true to yourself. Don't focus so much on wanting to be like someone else because as you are, you're good enough. That would be my, my advice. Cause I was, when I first started this, I was so worried about not being trained, not being good enough, you know, that I was doubting myself and how I like to do things. That authenticity, it's what's gotten here to this point. Yeah. So don't, don't question it so much and don't beat yourself up for it because what, stand, what keeps you apart from somewhere else is what makes you stand out. I love that. I love that. We're going to quote you on that. Um, <laughs> and my last question is, what would your, not to be morbid, I mean, you've got many, many meals ahead, but what would be like the last meal that you would pick for yourself and who would make it? Um, this is really hard. Ooh, this is hard. Can it be like a group of people? Sure. Like my Nana would probably make me her pasta with seafood. What kind of pasta? It's pakiti. Really wide, wide, like, um, think of it like a flat, wide rigatoni. Oh, okay. With, with seafood because she makes it so fantastic. It's unreal. Mm. My uncle would make me rice balls at Ancini with frito misto on the side. Got to have some frito misto on the side. Um, I would go to Molino Bianco, which is a, a little place near my mother's house that makes the best mozzarella, the best buffalo mozzarella in the world. And I would get that with their fresh bread that I would then bring home, char, I make a little bruschetta with some buffalo mozzarella and San Daniele prosciutto on the side and some fresh figs, please. Oh my gosh. I'm drooling over here. And I think I would also have a steak on the charcoal. I love a good T-bone 
or mm. New York stripe on a charcoal. And maybe a slice of pastiera for dessert with a fresh croissant on the side. <laughs> Girlfriend, you're <laughs> so much. Like, you are totally speaking my love language, everything that you just said. And with that, I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day. I think you are such a light and so wise beyond your years. And what you've shared hopefully will empower so many people to just take charge of their lives and live and enjoy every minute of it, just like you do, with so much gusto. So tanto gusto. And, and, I mean, at the end of the day, if we if we don't enjoy the life we're living, then what are you standing for? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you have? You know what I mean? It's like we are we live in a world of social media of comparison and, and comparison and comparing ourselves to the next person. Oh well, this person's more successful than I am, and she's younger, or this person's thinner than I am, and she's that. You know what I mean? Live your life authentically. If there's something you don't like, fix it. If you don't like your hair, get it done. If you don't like uh, whatever, just get to it. But there's no point on, on complaining if you're not going to do anything about it. Do something about it and enjoy every second. I love that so much. Thank you so much, Laura. This has been an amazing experience. I Thank you. Tanti baci. Tanti baci a te. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for Recipes for Your Best Life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.